0: Hello. Welcome back to the Anti-Racism Daily. It's been six months since Mika Josephine Westwolf was killed while walking home along a highway on the Flathead Indian Reservation in Montana. The suspected driver, believed to have affiliations with white nationalists, still has not been arrested. With law enforcement focused on the driver and Mika's toxicology reports, under Montana law, being an intoxicated pedestrian on a roadway, is illegal. In response to the lack of transparency and inconsistencies from law enforcement investigating Mika's case, her family and community have had to seek justice themselves, including opening a tip line and running a Mika Matters movement with an awareness walk to keep Mika's story alive. Missing or murdered Indigenous women like Mika disappear not only in life, but also in data and the media. Their cases are never given the attention and justice they deserve. They are re victimized by prevailing stereotypes and disinterested law enforcement. And their families and friends are often left without answers. The injustice of missing and murdered indigenous women, girls, and two spirit people, my Q, is rooted in a history of violence and dehumanization against Indigenous people. The exact number of Native women and girls taken from their communities each year is unknown. No comprehensive government report collects missing and murder incidences of Indigenous people, and reports often group them in other, with those who identify with two or more races. Indigenous women and girls are misclassified as another race or ethnicity, their cases underreported and impeded by lack of resources, jurisdictional misclassifications and barriers, and a lack of comprehensive data. 71% of Native and Indigenous people live in urban communities, not remote areas. In 2022, there were 5,791 reported missing cases, though the U.S. Department of Justice's Federal Missing Person Database, NAMIS, logged less than 300 cases. While the full scope is unknown, native and indigenous women and girls experience high rates of physical and sexual violence and domestic abuse, often by non-native people. Four in five native women have experienced some form of violence, e.g., physical, sexual, or psychological violence in their lifetime. More than half have experienced sexual violence. They are vulnerable to labor and sex trafficking. Despite Native and Indigenous people accounting for 2.9% of the U.S. population, Native women's lifetime victimization rate is 1.2 times as high as white women. When found deceased, they are 135% more likely to be unidentified than women of other racial or ethnic groups in the U.S., and most MMIWG2 cases remain unsolved. Despite growing awareness of the missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls crisis, they continue to fall through the gaps thanks to a legacy of colonial violence still felt today, ensuring that Indigenous communities are neglected, criminalized, and disregarded. Indigenous communities have been the target of U.S. government-sanctioned assimilation through boarding schools, diaspora, cultural and ethnic genocide, and treaty violations throughout history. Indigenous women have also been failed by the U.S. due to its settler colonial history that has persistently sexualized and objectified them. As Europeans, especially men, came over to the United States during early settler colonialism, Native women were often stereotyped as being welcoming hosts and sexual entities. This has evolved into pop culture representations today like Disney's 1995 Pocahontas and provocative Halloween costumes. The intertwining of sexual violence and colonialism and stereotypes that label indigenous people as lazy, drug addicts, and alcoholics who rely on the government to survive, resulting in them being blamed for their disappearances or murder, but also making them targets for violence and allowing their perpetrators to avoid accountability as urgency and empathy from the media, public, and law enforcement are scarce. That kind of narrative about indigenous people just lends itself to more violence so that when this violence does happen, it's not a disruption of the social fabric the way it would be when it happens to somebody else, said Anita Lucchese, Sovereign Bodies Institute Executive Director. Because we're already perceived as not part of the social fabric, because we're either dead and disappeared. We're less than human. We're so far away on some remote reservation that we're not part of the rest of the community. Indigenous led groups like Sovereign Bodies Institute and Data for Indigenous Justice are working to fix the missing and murdered Indigenous people, Data Gap to bring the countless lost back into the forefront. The Anti-Racism Daily is made possible by contributions from our community. Join in by making a one-time or monthly donation. You can find us on Venmo at Anti-Racism Daily. Thanks for being here.